Hello and welcome everyone. My name is JJ Dale and I am so glad you are here. This is Cut Check Sports, the show that's got more sports than gym class. All right, so we're going to get right into it um, because I have opinions and I know that you are dying to hear my opinions. I say that as sarcastically as I can. So let's jump into the scores real quick. And then we'll get on to my opinions. So we had some baseball happen yesterday. So we had the Red Sox over the Braves, 9-8 to eight in a dazzling game. Um, a big double late in the game took that one. The Indians beat the Royals 3-1. to one. The Cardinals over the Natty, 7-6. to six. That was a good game, too. And the Pirates beat the Reds 3-2. to two. The Blue Jays went to batting practice in Toronto against the Rays, 10-3 to three the final on that one. Marlins over the Phillies, 2-1. to one. Mets over the Dodgers, 7-3. to three. Cubbies beat the Brewers in Milwaukee, 6-4. to four. Angels over the Rangers, 9-3. to three. The Tigers beat the White Sox, 10-2. to two. The Astros went to practice and beat the Twins in Houston, 9-1 to one the final on that one. Giants got beat by the Rockies, 5-3 to three Rockies in that one. The Yankees lose. The Yankees lose to the A's in Oakland, 8-2. to two. The final in that one, and the Mariners beat the Orioles. So for those playing the home game, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are the only ones that won in the AL East. Everybody else lost. We had, we had tennis happen. We had uh, Novak Djokovic going shirtless. Like, things are getting crazy in tennis. Um, he, he beat Millman 6-3, 6-4, 6-4. They took so many breaks. And thankfully, they just have the quick tie break at the end. They don't go on like an Isner match that goes on forever. But they it was so hot. It was so hot at the U.S. Open that Djokovic and Millman had to get a change of clothes because they weighed like 20 pounds more and it was all soaked into their shirt. So Millman went down into the locker room, stripped his shirt off and waited for a new set of clothes. Djokovic said, you know what? Screw that, man, because I'm. this is my court. And I feel like he made that statement. This is my court. You're just kind of here to be a part of the Novak Djokovic show. So he just sat out there. And so you can come back out to my court when you're ready. Took a shirt off, sat back, laughed at the crowd and everything else, and came back in and dominated some more. And um, there was also, I mean, Nishikori, he's, he's been on fire. He took down Silich, uh, the number seven player in the, in the world. And that was a, that was a knockdown drag-out match. 2-6-6-4-7-6-4-6-6-4. That was down to the wire. If you are one that sits and watches tennis, <laughs> that was a match that you didn't want to miss. Highlights in, uh, highlights in the Women's U.S. Open. We had Osaka just kind of having a warm-up against Serenko. 6-1, 6-1 the final in that one. Keys... Beat Suarez Navarro 6-4, 6-3, the final in that one. Um, MLS action, the New England Revolution beat the New York uh, New York City Football Club. One to nothing, the final in that one. There was an international friendly. There was Slovakia and Denmark, and um, Slovakia handled it cleanly, three to nothing. 
the final on that one. And um, I am ready to give you my opinion on a lot of things. First of all, Le'Veon Bell, I know you're looking for that girly money, but guess what? The Rams are not going to the Super Bowl this year. Sorry to say, the Rams are not going to the Super Bowl. So, if you want to come out and say, well, I want the money that those running backs getting. Do you remember back in the day when Peyton Manning was looking for that new contract and he got like some, some to the effect of six years, $99 million, and he soaked up everybody else's money and tried to win a Super Bowl? He ended up winning one. He ended up winning one on the toe of Adam Vinatieri against the Bears. It was it was an awful, very forgettable Super Bowl. But the difference is, is there needs to be more money. If you have more money to work with to get more players all over the team, then they would have had a lot more success. Instead of having to deal with some miraculous comeback and beating up on a bad team, you know, to be able to get a ring, they soaked all their money up. So Le'Veon Bell... I don't think I don't think you should take the full money, man. I think you should take your franchise tag, but look for a little bit of longevity. Like shave a couple of million off a year to make it a four-year deal. You can't ask for max money in max years. You gotta give a little bit. So say you want $24 million a year. Okay. So you can either sign a one-year $24 million deal, or you could sign a four-year $75 million deal. And you could even do what the Patriots do. Sign a four-year $60 million deal with $20 million in incentives. You're not a huge injury-prone guy. You're in the prime of your career. Take an incentive-laced contract and give them a little bit of room for the end of the Roethlisberger era to maybe pick up some defenders or a couple of linemen or somebody that can just take a little of the pressure off the old man. Because they're cut. He looks like... Ben Roethlisberger looks like what would happen if Steve, Man- Steve McNair had stuck it out. You know, because that dude was broken as hell. He made it to the Super Bowl and lost by a yard to the Rams, ironically enough, since we're on the subject. But he's fallen apart. He's got Antonio Brown, yeah. He's got decent tight ends, yeah. But... The guy needs more help, and paying Le'Veon Bell all this money is not helping anything. There's a lot of good running backs that are free agents right now. They don't even have teams. Chris Johnson, CJ2K, Le'Veon Bell is never going to rush for 2,000 yards. That's case in point. He's nowhere near as good, but if you took, not him exactly, but if you took a 27-year-old close to Chris Johnson type running style because he had that patient, fairly patient running style too because he wasn't a big dude. Somebody a little bit of bulk, a little bit of patience, pay him a lot less, pick up a receiver, pick up a better tight end, and then lace your defense with good players because, you know, James Harrison isn't a thing anymore. You can make it so that you have a Super Bowl contender instead of just... I'm going to make my money with Pittsburgh and become a free agent next year. So that's where Pittsburgh's messing up too. So neither side is really doing the right thing. And that's why we're seeing a holdout right now that could go just the first week. He's already not playing in week one. So 
uh, James Conner is your guy for fantasy. Just letting you know um, for week one because he's going to light it up. He's going to have at least 110 yards, and he's going to have a touchdown or two. So he's going to get you some points. He's going to get you maybe 16 to 20 points in fantasy this week because it's all set up for Le'Veon Bell, and he's been playing behind Le'Veon Bell. So we're going to see exactly what a few million dollars less can do. Um, Now, I got more to say. Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. I have seen nothing but a bunch of garbage about he's un-American, he shouldn't sign for Nike. Um, This ad about believe in in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. First of all, he didn't sacrifice very much. Not a good quarterback. He was an immature quarterback who looked to run well before he looked to pass. He couldn't keep his head up to make the throws downfield like a Russell Wilson or other mobile quarterbacks, Cam Newton. They keep their eyes up. Kaepernick couldn't do that. He ended up breaking out a few good runs, which is cool for a college quarterback, and it kind of worked for 10 seconds in San Francisco, but the day the lights went out is was the day that the the they they figured him out and that's why they lost the Super Bowl. So Kaepernick, I don't mind him being the face of Nike. I don't mind the fact that they're talking about he he believed in himself and he fought for a cause. Two years ago, two years ago, he knelt for the national anthem. Now everybody's got their freedom of speech. Everybody's got their freedom of speech. I'm a veteran. I have no problem with the fact that he wanted to kneel in silent protest. The media blowing it up just turned it into a whole big thing. And now people are burning their Nikes. By the way, um, send all of your size 14 Nikes because they're impossible to find to the Cup Check Sports studio. And, you know, I'll take them. I wouldn't mind rocking them. I love me a pair of Nikes. Now, am I more of a am I more of an Adidas fan? Perhaps. I had a pair of crazy eights that I rocked, but by all means send them to me. Don't light them on fire. Don't burn them. Oh, and by the way, speaking of veterans, to the Marine who cut the tops of his socks off and tweeted him holding the two tops of his socks with the Nike swoosh on them and said it's about to get crazy here. Come at us with your un-American stuff. Well, guess what? I would love to just take that picture, take the caption out, and then all you have left is a Marine holding two Nike swooshes in his hand. That looks like a pretty awesome Nike ad to me. (laughs) That's That's just my opinion. You let me know what you think. You go on the Cup Check Sports page and... Uh, on Facebook, you can even comment on Anchor and leave a voice message or something of the sort. But let me know what you think. I think it's an, uh, an overblown pile of garbage. And I still like Nike because they go after people like that. They go after the people who are breaking down barriers, who are trying their best to make a statement. And if the statement's good enough, Nike will take them on. They're talking about his courage, not his standpoint. Nike is not un-American. They are very American in their belief of the First Amendment to the Constitution. Think about it. 
they don't they don't give a darn about you know if you know police brutality is really a thing or anything like they don't care it's a good business market to go after people who are making statements and being bold no matter what kind of bold it is and hey just saying You've been seeing his face a lot in the last two years, and it all has to do with him kneeling down two years ago. And his name's everywhere. It would be nowhere if he didn't do that. That's the thing. The guy's got courage. The guy stood up against everyone, the United States government, to say, I'm making a statement. That's bravery. So, I don't have to agree with him to respect him. I respect the guy. I don't agree with him. But let him do what he does. That is what makes this country what it is. People being able to do that in a nonviolent way, in a way that just may make some people mad. Every protest makes somebody mad. Whether it's an entire city or a group of people or just one person. The guy at the top. There are protests every single day that piss somebody off. So, what are you mad at him for? What are you mad at Nike for? Can't we just be mad at Nike for what we're supposed to be mad at Nike for? And it's people in China getting paid 12 cents an hour to sew soccer balls. Can we just go back to being mad at Nike about that? Instead of signing a, a, a guy who's, you know, brave enough to make a statement and stupid enough to just make that his whole life. Okay. Let's just go back to that. So we we don't have much in other news. Week one is coming up. Football is coming up. And uh, now that (laughs) I've probably driven a lot of you away with my boisterous opinion I'm going to let you know how the rest of my fantasy drafts went because I want your opinion I want to know what you think so I was in this eight team league and I like being in an eight team league because it makes me feel so good at drafting for fantasy because when everybody's got when when there's only eight people picking picking through the pockets um, you come up with a great team me uh, my starting quarterback is Cam Newton. I got Todd Gurley and Jay Ajayi uh, from Philly. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Mr. Old Reliable. Uh, I got Randall Cobb starting. Now with Jordy Nelson being off and uh, off with uh, Gruden and the boys, Randall Cobb I think is going to go off this year. He's like a slot receiver. He's got quick feet, just like Emmanuel Sanders. I got him starting, too. I got Gronk as my tight end and the Patriots' defense because they started picking defenses really early in that draft. And uh, Robbie Gould is playing for San Francisco, and I think that San Francisco is going to have a a good season, a high-scoring season. My backups, because I need another uh, running back because – Jarek McKinnon, I picked up in most of my drafts before he went down with that ACL tear. That's fun. So, I also have Giovanni Bernard from Cincinnati. He's going to be sharing time with Mixon. So, it'll be fun to see where he ends up. He's a little more of a pass catcher. Um, I got Woods, the receiver uh, for the Rams. 
He's, it's looking like a good season for him. He's going to be one of those down-the-sideline targets. I got Joku, the, the tight end from Cleveland, who's, you know, a pretty pretty dominant presence. Um, the big guy. And he's going to get thrown to by Tyrod Taylor. And he can't throw very far very accurately. Like maybe Josh Gordon down the sideline. But Joku's going to be a very welcome bailout. And if he isn't, then I have a third tight end. So apparently I got a couple roster slots that I need to work on. I got Safarian Jenkins from Jacksonville because they have no receivers. And my backup quarterback is Dak Prescott because you only need 10 rushing yards, but you need 20, um, uh, 25 passing yards. So to go from one extreme to the other, I was in a 16 team league and that was really tough. <clears throat> that was really, really, really tough because I had the 13th pick in the draft, which meant that I had 13 and then 14, 15, 16, 16, 15, 14. And then that, that second pick at, uh, what, 19. And then I didn't pick again until like the mid-30s. So I had to make sure that my my picks were on point. So what I ended up with in a 16-team league, Tom Brady, a quarterback, Dalvin Cook, uh, the Minnesota running back who's about to go off. JHIE's on this one, too. Kelvin Benjamin's going to be catching some touchdowns in Buffalo because he's a go-up-and-get-it foot 12 friggin' receiver. Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, that's how you end up with Mohamed Sanu is you're, you get into a 16-team league. Because, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to do all right with Atlanta, but he's – Across from the best in the league. Got Gronk in this league, too. I got all day, though. Adrian Peterson as my uh, as my flex spot because I just can't give up on the guy. I picked him up for a team last year, too, just in case he made it with the Saints. I got the Packers defense because, you know, it's a Packers defense. They're going to be reliable. I got Bilal Powell as my backup running back. Uh, Brandon Marshall in case he does anything with Seattle. They had D.D. Westbrook because Marquise Lee went down with that injury. They have no relevant receivers in Jacksonville right now. So I picked up D.D. Westbrook, picked up Devin Booker, the running back from Denver in case uh, Anderson falls off. And I'm really just picking up players in case their um, starters get hurt. Chris Ivory. Yeah, Shady McCoy has a lot of injury troubles. And when McCoy goes down in week four, I got Ivory to pick up the slack. I picked up Miami's Frank Gore. Yep, he's still playing. I picked him up because, man, eh, why not? That's uh, kind of how it goes. And I got one more league I can tell you all about. Um, real quick, fast, not in a hurry. This is a regular 12-team league, uh, so it's normal pickups and stuff like that. I think I did okay. Tell me what you think. I want to hear your opinions on my draft picks. I want you to call me a bum because that's what I'm here for. I am here for your slings and arrows, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. <clears throat> Just kidding. So, in the 12-team league, I got Deshaun Watson as my starting quarterback. I had the third pick in this draft, so I ended up picking up David Johnson because this is the first time in six years that I have had a pick in a fantasy draft better than eight. So I I picked up David Johnson because I had to. Uh, Joe Mixon, 
I picked him up too. He was available round two. I went in all of my drafts. I went real heavy on the running backs first because it's really tough to find a running back that's not in a committee. I got Devontae Adams uh, stat at wide receiver alongside Randall Cobb. Yep, sounds terrible that I have two Green Bay receivers, but they're playing Chicago in Green Bay. <laughs> so I think they both have the opportunity to go off, and Green Bay has the opportunity to score 38 points and most of them through the air. Again, I got Joku from Cleveland. I got Ajayi from, from Philly. I got the Broncos defense because they get under quarterback's feet so easily. They won't in week one because they're playing Seattle and nobody gets under Russell Wilson's feet very easily. So my backups, I got Collins, this kid from Baltimore, this running back. He, he's he's looking like he's going to surprise some people and really bust in the line because Baltimore doesn't have much else for running backs right now. So he can see himself a nice little spot there. And he's actually projected to do better than Ajayi and almost as good as Joe Mixon. So let's see how that goes. I'm going to start looking around. Um, I got Keenan Cole, the wide receiver from Jacksonville, again, Nobody relevant in Jacksonville, so let's just see who he slings it to. My backup quarterback is Jared Goff, because why wouldn't you? Got that uh, that receiver, Galladay, from Detroit. He might surprise a bunch of people, too, along with Eckler. Um, Eckler plays for the Chargers. He's a running back. He's a good swing pass guy. And who knows? He just might go off. And um, Anthony Miller, if you haven't heard about Anthony Miller... Um, you probably should do a little bit of research. This kid, he he plays for the Bears, so nobody's taking a look at him. Um, but he's going to get, you know, four or five targets a game. And who knows? Trubisky might be in love. You never know. So we're going to see who these quarterbacks pick as their best receiver because targets are what's most important. I would much rather have a guy that gets targeted eight times and gets uh, 75 yards and a touchdown on five catches than a guy that gets three catches a game but breaks one every three games for a 60-yard touchdown. They're both going to score the same amount of points, but it's about consistency. Fantasy football is a marathon, not a sprint. But that being said, thank you guys for coming out to Cup Check Sports and uh, dealing with the inconsistencies of the early of the early point of this, but tell your friends, tell your family, tell the sports world that JJ Dale is here every day to bring you, you know, unwarranted opinions, <laughs> but unbiased opinions, and all of your scores and all of your updates. And I will let you know every time Novak Djokovic takes his shirt off. And shows you that pipe cleaner chest of his. But my name is JJ Dale. Thank you guys for having me. This has been Cup Check Sports. I will see you tomorrow.